I love long-term buy and hold investing. Um, I love creative financing, creative real estate investing, including creative exit strategies. So as opposed to just only having traditional tenants. So, so that's my niche. Welcome to the Aid to Assets podcast, the ultimate podcast for aspiring real estate investors. I'm your host, Tiffany Watson. Join me as we discuss real estate investing for nine to fivers. We'll talk about everything from money mindsets and property ownership and different strategies you can use to invest in real estate. I want to empower investors, especially those of us who are working full time, who want to navigate the world of real estate, uncover the secrets to building wealth, generate passive income to achieve financial freedom. Equip yourself with resources from experts, practical tips, and step-by-step guides on how to kickstart your real estate journey. We'll also hear from nine to fivers who started to build their own portfolios, what they did and how they did it, so you can do it too. Tune in and transform your main job into your biggest silent investor in your real estate investment business. This is your aid to assets. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Aid to Assets podcast. I am your host, Tiffany Watson. I am so excited for today's conversation. You all know we are here to help the nine to fiver that wants to get started in real estate investing. And y'all, today, the doctor is in. The doctor is in, and we are about to get all the jewels. So without further ado, will you please introduce yourself? Tell the people who you are and where you're from. Yes. Thank you so much. Number one, I just want to thank you so much for having me on. I just always love the opportunity to share my story and and just share all of my wacky beliefs with everybody of the way I look at investing. So thank you so much for having me on your platform. But yes, my name is Deia. Um, Dr. Deia, I'm your favorite creative real estate investing coach. And I am currently located in Maryland in Charm City, but I'm actually from, I was born in Jersey and I was raised in Georgia. So I was born a Jersey girl and raised a Georgia peach and I've lived up and down the East Coast. Love it. Well, doctor, it is so good to have you here. Thank you so much. So before we jump into all the good details, I want to tell the people from Jump why they should be listening to you. So go ahead and toot your horn a little bit. Tell us about that portfolio, the people that you get to work with. Tell them why they need to stay tuned in. Yeah. So for for me, I am a buy and hold investor, a residential property, mostly residential property, uh, the ones that own by myself. I've bought 10 properties over the years myself. And then in addition to that, I've you know had partial investments in other people's like commercial syndication, things like that. But for me, I love residential investing. I love long-term buy and hold investing. Um, I love creative financing, creative real estate investing, including creative exit strategies. So as opposed to just only having traditional tenants. So so that's my niche. Love it. And so 10 properties on your own. Tell me, when did you first get started with your first property? What year was that? So I bought my first property in 2011. Okay. So okay. about 12 years ago. Yes. Okay. So 12 years in the yeah. game now, 10 properties, plus we have some commercial yeah. investing and all of that too. Yes, 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 yes. So I, when I started, I didn't plan on being an investor. It was just like, I, (laughs) it was not even on my radar. So I took a long break in between that, you know, from when I started in 2011 and I took, you know, several years break. But then when I got started, I got started really in earnest. But I always tell people I started out as an accidental landlord. Listen, and then you figured it out. Like, wait a minute, this is where I need to be. But not only did you start as an accidental landlord, when you got started, 
I know we here on the show, we talk a lot about nine to fivers, those of us are in corporate jobs or, you know, working professionals, but you were doing a little something different. Tell us about that. Yeah. So for me, so one, when I say I'm Dr. Day, I'm I'm uh, the medical type of doctor. <laughs> so, you know, so many dope black doctors out here. I just want to say I'm the, the physician type. Um, but I actually started investing while I was an intern. So I was working like literally in residency training, working um, like hours upon hours, sleeping much less than I am up working. Um, and then after I, you know, and I can get into that story too, but after I bought my first property, it's kind of like, you know, realize, ah, um, this is actually pretty cool. This is probably one of the easiest ways that I've ever made money. And then when I became intentional about like buying more properties years later as an intentional investor, uh, my first um, property after that like pivotal time was a property that I bought subject to where I actually did not um, have to qualify for the loan. I actually bought the property. The deed was in my name. Well, actually my business name. I didn't buy it in my name. But the debt stayed in that seller's name. And so from that point forward, I was hooked to like this non-traditional like financing way where I didn't have to necessarily qualify for a loan myself. And so from that point forward, I was just so focused on like, let me learn how to do this again. Let let me learn more about this. Let me learn about other creative financing strategies like seller financing. So that's how that became my niche and what people like reach out to me, you know, for, you know, for that skill set. Wow. There's so much that we are going to unpack with that. So first of all, listeners in the chat, I want you to say no excuses. Dr. D was in medical school and was getting her investing on. There is no excuses. Anyone can do this no matter what you have going on. So you started, you you mentioned that your niche is creative financing. So before we jump into what the different types of that is, can you tell us a little bit for those who may not be familiar, what does that mean? The term creative financing in in regards to real estate? So very good question, Tiffany. So creative financing, actually, I guess it means different things for different people. It's, it's really an umbrella term, meaning anything that is non-traditional where you are not going to a traditional like big bank, like a Bank of America, a Wells Fargo. You're not going to a traditional big bank or a similar smaller bank in your local regional area to go and say, hey, these are my finances. These are my W-2s. These are my pay stubs. I am going to try to qualify for a loan through you as the lender, and then you are going to help me purchase this property. You're, you are going to loan me money to purchase this property. So that's what traditional lending is. And anything outside of that traditional realm is the umbrella term of creative financing. But then, you know, as you kind of dig deep into it, there's different, you know, types of creative financing that people lean into. I personally like to lean into like the seller financing and the subject too. Okay. Okay. So now talk to us about that. Tell us first, let's start with seller financing because people may be a little bit more familiar with that one. So let's start there and then we'll shift to subject two. So what is seller financing? How does that work? So yeah. So with seller financing or owner financing, as it's sometimes called, you, it's actually like a complete noma, right? So it, it's when the seller is providing the financing or the owner is providing the financing. And typically that is because the property is owned free and clear or that seller really has very little debt on the property at all um, or like very low mortgage debt or what, whatever term you want to use. Um, I have to catch myself because, you know, sometimes I don't know my audience. So sometimes I'll start using a lot of lingo. So just stop me. Um, but lien, debt, mortgage, note, whatever, um, that seller may have 
very little debt on the property or no debt at all, no mortgage at all. So they own the property free and clear or close to it. And so because there is no debt on the property, you as the buyer have the opportunity to go to that seller and say, hey, seller, um, let's just use a round number. You're selling your property for $200,000 cash. How about instead of me paying you $200,000 cash in one fell swoop, one payment. How about I pay you monthly and you just hold that financing for me. You will be my financier. I will pay you monthly in exchange for whatever terms that, you know, you guys agree upon. So that is, in a nutshell is seller financing. Or okay. Finance. So seller financing, instead of going to a big bank, essentially the seller who owns this property, they are going to serve as your bank. And so you would be paying them instead of paying your mortgage to Bank of America or Wells Fargo or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So now as a new property investor, why would I want to convince a seller to do seller financing instead of just going to Bank of America? Oh, good question. So one, two things, I'm going to answer that in two ways. Okay. So one, why would I as a buyer want to buy with seller financing? And two, why would a seller want to sell with seller Mm -hmm. financing? Okay. So answer number one, why would I want to buy as someone with seller financing and, you know, going through this non-traditional realm instead of just doing the way that everybody knows how to do it. Why would I want to learn this new skill? One, because you can create your own terms. Right now is a perfect time to be able to know how to create your own terms. We are living in a high interest rate market and an inflation market where values of properties are very overinflated. So when you go the traditional route, you are really hurting to try to afford money or borrow money from a traditional bank because the rates are so high. Um, But the pros of going to the seller directly, you can say, hey, you know what? The traditional rates right now are in the 7%. You can actually go to the seller and say, hey, I will offer you in the 5% range, 4% range or less than that. Um, or maybe more. You can go to their seller and say, hey, you know, um, typically a traditional bank wants to, you know, uh, allow me to borrow money over a 30 year period, but I'll pay you off in 10 years or I'll pay you off in five years. So the the pros of buying with seller financing is that you create your own terms. So that is that's the kicker. The pros to the seller with seller financing. And it's one taxes, Uncle Sam. That's the that's one of the biggest pros to the seller, right? So anytime you are selling an asset and you are making a big chunk of money on that asset, depending on your current tax basis, for the most part, if you're not, you know, a homeowner, and depending on how long, you know, I'm not, not going to get into the tax <laughs> rules, but, but for the most part, um, it's often that If you are buying as an investor, that seller, when he gets that, he or she gets that big chunk of change from you, they are going to be taxed by Uncle Sam with a very large percentage of money. And that is called capital gains tax because they have just gained capital from that, from selling of that asset. And when you are selling, or I should say, but when you are selling with seller financing, that is actually deferred. You're, you're not actually having to worry about that huge capital gains tax bill. So that is a huge benefit to the seller. Amazing, amazing. So that was such a clear breakdown. So as the buyer, if I wanted to potentially go into a deal that was seller financing, I can avoid the bank. And so this is especially helpful for people who, 
your, your credit score may not be amazing and you don't you don't qualify for some of the terms that you would want to. But also in this market right now where we're seeing these high interest rates that you may not feel comfortable with, this is a part of negotiation. Everything is negotiable in real estate. And so you can go to someone Absolutely. and they essentially are going to be getting passive income because you're now going to be paying them monthly for your mortgage. You are going to be getting passive income because you are going to be renting this out to someone else. We love a good win-win for everyone yes, all around. It's a win-win. And if you are an ethical investor, you will make sure that everybody involved in the deal has something that comes out of it. So I definitely have to double click on what you're saying there, Tiffany, because another pro to the seller of selling with seller financing is they are having monthly income without the headache, right? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine being a seller and maybe you're aging out of your portfolio? Maybe you want to liquidate some assets in order to start enjoying, you know, the work that you've been putting in for the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years as an investor, or maybe you're just a regular mom and pop owner and you were holding on to that property, but now, you know, one of the people that owned it with you, maybe you had a divorce or someone passed and you just really can't afford it. Can you imagine, you know, instead of having to deal with a tenant um, and learn a new skill of how to be a property manager, or maybe they were already, you know, managing their own property. Can you imagine now still being able to get money every month, but not have to worry about the skill set or the responsibilities of being a landlord? It's a win-win. That's winning. And we talk about exit strategies a lot. And so this is amazing for people to hear, even at the very beginning of their journey and starting their real estate portfolio, that this is something to think in mind. What, this is cute. This is fun. We, you know, we're hustling and we're doing all this now. But let's say 30, 40 years from now, when we don't actually want to manage properties, we don't we can still get this money every month because of the work that we put in years before. Amen. Okay. Amen. So Amen let's to shift now to talk to the other one. You mentioned subject to. And so this one, people may not yeah. be as familiar with. It's not as common in, in, for newbies. So talk to us a little bit about subject to and what that means. Yeah. So it is, yeah, it's probably not as heard of as seller financing, but in a way it could be considered seller financing and that you are using the seller's financing that they already have in place for themselves. Right. So let me kind of backtrack a little bit. We, I feel like we know more about buying how, uh, excuse me, cars or automobiles than we do um, as newbies buying, you know, rental properties or investment properties. And you think about the fact, at least for, for me, um, because I, I had to study how to buy my first house. I was like, oh, I've never done that before. How do I do that? But people talk more about buying cars. Mm -hmm. So when you buy a car, you have, you, you go to, you know, the, the finance guy at the dealership and you get financing. And then you also get a title once you sign your name on the dotted line with that financing. In the real estate world, that financing is a mortgage loan. In um, the real estate world, that title is a deed. Well, when you buy vehicles, that title and the financing go um, hand in hand. They have to be under the name of the same person. But guess what? That is not the case when it comes to real property. And with real property, that title the deed does actually not have to be in the same name or under the same name as the financing or the mortgage or the lien, right? So once you understand that concept, that helps you better get that the, the, the beginning nuances of what subject two is. So with subject two, you have the opportunity, once you get proper resources, proper support, proper education, right? Because we want to do this ethically. 
you have the opportunity to go to seller and say, hey, seller, I see that you want to sell this property um, and you maybe they're having a hard time selling it on the open market or maybe they were they just didn't even try to sell it on the open market. And you can say, hey, you know what? I will take it off your hands. I see that you, you're kind of stressed about this mortgage. You're worried that you may default on it. I will take over the mortgage. We will go, this is a legal process. We will go to a title company or title attorney and actually close on this deal. My name or my business entity will now be the owner. It will be on the deed, um, but you will maintain the debt on this. Um, but I will make those payments. I will promise and I will document and sign that I will make monthly on-time payments in your name. Wow, that's amazing. And so especially when we have um, a lot of folks who they got these super low uh, interest rates before. And so other people were buying multiple properties. They may have gotten a second home or a vacation home or something like that. And now that things have shifted a little bit, they may not be as interested in continuing to make that mortgage payment. This is a great opportunity to be able to for them to keep that financing. So you're not shifting going from a 3% to an 8%. And you're still able to acquire a property while helping someone that wanted to potentially sell their property. Yeah, yeah. And so that's a good point because it's almost like a segue to, and again, like we've talked about before, what are the pros and cons for each person involved, mm -hmm. right? So me as the investor, the pro would be, hey, I don't have to go to a bank and qualify for a loan. That's one pro, mm -hmm. right? The second pro to buying subject to is I, one, I don't have to go to the bank and qualify for a loan. Two, I actually don't have to get a loan that now has this high interest rate because most people, if they bought their property before April of 2022, because I remember that month, if they bought their property before April of 2022, then their their rate is probably five per, in the fives or less, mm -hmm. right? So now as a buyer, the second pro to me is if I take over their loan, I have a lower rate than the current rates, right? Mm -hmm. So not one, not only did I not have to go and show my pay stubs and show my financials and go through all that rigor moral, two, I also have a lower rate because they have a loan that was before April of 2022 when the rates started going up. And three, a lot of times these subject to properties, they don't have a lot of equity but if you're buying correctly with proper guidance, you are buying in a market where they will cash flow. So those are just three, just three benefits. There's more, three benefits of buying subject to. Um, but th then you may say, okay, well, Dr. Dea, now you, you take me too fast because you just told me that this debt is staying in their name. Mm -hmm. So what is the pro to someone selling with subject to? So the pro would be is, Usually people who are selling with subject to, they don't have any equity in their property. Mm -hmm. Or if they do have equity, it's very little. Or even worse, they may actually be underwater, right? And so if they try to go and sell that property on the open market, they're going to have to bring cash to close on that property, mm -hmm. a significant amount of cash to close on their property to meet that gap um, in the appraisal, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's going to be an issue for them. Most people are not going to be able to or, or will not want to bring money to the closing table to close on the property, right? So that's one thing. Two, they may, you know, maybe 
it does have a little bit of equity, but maybe they can't afford it anymore. Again, like I mentioned before, maybe they got a divorce. Maybe the person who they were paying that mortgage along with, who they were sharing their financial responsibilities with, maybe they passed or, you know, some specific event may have happened where they now can't afford that mortgage anymore. And they're on the uh, verge of defaulting, mm -hmm. or maybe they've already started missing payment. And so the pro to them is one, you're coming and helping them to correct their, you know, their financial position, you're actually are building their credit up for them by paying that payment on time every month. So that is a pro to them. I love that. And it's so important for people to know on both ends, the benefits of it. So one, it helps to build their confidence and why they want to do that. But also when you're having these conversations, because if, if someone may not be familiar with this, because like you mentioned, most of us are way more versed in how to buy a car than how to buy a house, which is crazy. Like that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> and this is a way where we're able to provide value to people when we are negotiating these deals, which is really, really awesome. So I want to jump back a little bit and talk to us about you're in medical school. You work in crazy hours. What was the shift for you? And yes, I'm in medical school. I imagine most people don't go to medical school on a whim. So like that was a plan. That was a lot of dedication and commitment. And I want to add on this commitment of really learning what it means to be a real estate investor. Yeah. So I actually had just finished med school and I really owe it all to my family. I was blessed to be raised by my great grandmother. She was a go-getter, like a little petite, short lady, but had just, I should say, she just was not afraid to, she was just not afraid to do anything. Didn't have a lot of formal education, but was just a, so just a go-getter. Mm -hmm. So I really owe it to her and everybody, all the other women in my family that she helped to raise and to, to give them that go-getter mindset. I watched as my family members, as I was growing up, you know, as, you know, living in homes, but some of them, many of them were living in, you know, mobile homes, trailers, you know, anybody, anybody, if your followers grew up in the South or live in the South, you know, mobile homes are a big thing, Absolutely. right? And then watch them, right? And watch them um, move out of renting mobile homes to owning mobile homes, to owning houses and building houses from the ground up. I watched them do that as I was going through middle school, then high school, then college. As I was going up, you know, they were growing in their their wealth, right? Mm -hmm. So I watched that. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm finished school now. I just finished med school. So I guess I'm supposed to buy a house. That's the best. That's the next step, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what happened. That's where that mindset came from. And so I didn't, again, like I mentioned before, I didn't start out with IDFs being an investor. I just wanted to buy a personal home because you're supposed to buy a personal home, finish school. Now it's time to buy a personal home. Mm -hmm. So although I'm in training and residency training, I'm an intern, <laughs> like the little lowly intern running around doing all this work in the hospital, um, only getting paid about 40 something thousand dollars as a doctor, mm -hmm. but still, you know, making, you know, very little money compared to full fledged doctors who've been out of training. Um, I said, I'm going to buy a house. So I did my studies because although I saw my family members buy a house, I never knew the nuances of how they did it. Right. right? So I had to study like I was again in med school and um, it wasn't like YouTube or anything back then. Mm -hmm. I literally just, you know, talked to people, um, talked to realtors, read books. And I was like, okay, these are the steps I should take. So I need to find a loan. So I heard about doctor's loans at that time. Doctor loans, they allow for, um, 
people in the medical profession to get zero down payment loans and a lot of times without, you know, mortgage insurance as well. Mm -hmm. So save a lot of money there. Um, And sometimes the interest rates are a little bit higher, but still you don't necessarily have to put much down. Mm -hmm. So I said, I want to get a doctor loan. I went to see what the qualifications were. And then my little smile turned into a frown, Tiffany, because (laughs) I saw, yes, I saw that my credit score, which you know, just under the the minimum. I had kind of mediocre credit back okay. then. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just just getting started in my wealth building. So I just stopped and said, hey, you know what? I'll just, you know, get my credit up and try again next year. Mm-hmm. I lied. I did not do that. I was like, okay, I don't qualify for this. What do I qualify Come for? On. Because I'm going to get this house. Right. That's actually what I said. <laughs> so I did my my searching again and I said, OK, well, I can't get a doctor's on. What else can I get? And after I did my Googles and my searching, I found that there was actually a loan that was for people who wanted to live outside of the city limits. So it wasn't like a USDA loan or anything. I can't even I wish I could remember. But this was like 12 years ago. Right. Maybe more now. Um, and so it was a loan where I could still put zero down. Um, I did have mortgage insurance. Um, and I was able to buy my house. And the kicker is not only was I able to put zero down because I could qualify for that with my credit score, with my mediocre credit score at that time, but I also found a new construction that had been sitting on the market in North Carolina for a year. Come on, NC. It was a little over. <laughs> yes, it was a little overpriced, but it was a brand new three bedroom, two bath, two car garage in a community with a pool. Um, and because it had been sitting on the market for a while, we were able to talk with the builder and say, Hey, you need to pay these closing costs. I also, again, I told you I was a lowly intern. This is my first doctor paycheck, which is very, it's like a fraction of what actual doctors out of training make a very small fraction. So I was like, well, I just got this washer and dryer for Craigslist and I see these other appliances in, (laughs) in this home, but there is no fridge. So my realtor was like, say less. Well, she didn't really say that, but you know, and we got the builder to write in the contract, putting a fridge in the home. So zero money down, appliance added to the contract, seller paying closing costs. I literally bought this property was $132,000 property. I literally bought this property by bringing just $500 in earnest money to the closing table. And that was it. $500 out of pocket. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So we went from (laughs) not even being qualified for the loan to getting into a brand new, we're not going to skip over that, a brand new, (laughs) new construction home for $500. Put $500 in the chat. I want people to hear that because a lot of times we hear this traditional way. You go to the bank, you get your credit score pulled, you, they tell you what you can qualify for, and you you roll in a dice and you hope for the best. That is not it. There's so many avenues, there's so many methods, and your tenacity and like, okay, so that didn't work, well, let's go to plan B. And I can only imagine there was a plan C because, wait, I need this fridge too? Let's ask him for that because like we said everything in real estate is negotiable. The worst thing they're going to do is say no, and you in the same situation that you were in when you got started. And so I love that. This is what, if we commit, this is what we want to do. If the first way doesn't work, there's still 25 more letters in the alphabet. Amen. Amen, Tiffany, because you know, that, that Dr. Long, uh, you know, that lender did not qualify me, but God had already qualified me for this house. So that first lender 
the doctor loan did not qualify me, but God qualified me because I said I was buying a house mm-hmm. and God said that he will give me the desires of my heart. Amen. So I knew I was buying a house. Amen. And I think that's huge too, because a lot of people think that one, they need so much money to do it. And it's so much easier for quote unquote, that person or this person. And you were a whole doctor. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It does not matter. People are making it happen if that's what they decide that they want to do. And so that is huge, mm-hmm. huge. So thank you so much for sharing mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's shift. Fast forward. Talk to us now. When did you decide, I want to be an investor? I want to get more properties, not just yeah. for me to live in. What yes. was that like? Yeah. So a few years later, it was time for me to leave North Carolina to leave that part of my training. And I'm a glutton for punishment. So I went and did more training. <laughs> um, I did specialize more in, in my medical training and um, adult education, medical education. So I moved away to a different state. I moved to New York City. And so um, I said, I, you know, it's time to sell the house. That's what people do when they, they move. They sell homes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I looked and I was like, well, it's only been a few years. So, of course, I don't have much equity. I did a zero down payment loan. Right. So that's one of the, you know, the pros and cons of zero down payment loan. But it was not a seller's market. And I don't take no losses. OK, Tiffany. Come on. So I was not going to take a loss at the closing table. So I decided, I guess I will be renting it out. I guess I will be a landlord. And I was so blessed. I had, you know, family friends who, you know, were like family in that area who were like, yeah, uh, you know, we have a whole property management company. I'm happy to manage your property. And so I started making money. I moved to a whole different state. I was an out-of-state landlord mm-hmm. um, and started making money every month. And it was one of the easiest things I had ever done to make money, to rent out a home, to pay a mortgage that I didn't have to pay and to make a few hundred dollars. You know, now I wouldn't look at that as cash flow, but back then it was, you know, <laughs> good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I said, oh, I have to do this with intention. This is, I'm going to start doing this. So that was the pivotal time for me. That was the pivotal moment. And then once I moved here to Maryland, just, you know, a short year later, because that extra training was only a year. um, Once I moved here to Maryland, I said, you know what, I'm going to do this investing with intentionality. So I started learning as much as I can. I invested in mentorship. And I said, I'm going to learn how to invest on purpose, invest in the city specifically, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get it done. And that's when I came across that first deal that was this creative financing deal. And the rest was history. Wow. Love that. So talk to us about mentorship, because for a lot of people, we this is going to be new for us. And so we are not only starting businesses, but we also have to learn what to, how to invest in that business. And so my mentor says there's no greater investment than you can ever make than in yourself. That return on investment mm-hmm. is going to 10x anything that you could ever buy. So why was it so important for you to invest in mentorship? Yeah. So one, I, I'm the type of person, I know that I have a lot going on, right? This is not you know, now I don't work clinically. I'm, you know, kind of retired early from clinical medicine. But then, you know, I was working. I was coming to a new city for my big girl job where, you know, I was seeing patients, but I was also teaching residents. I was teaching medical students. I almost had like three jobs in one. Mm -hmm. So one, it was like time saving. I wanted to make specific, dedicated movements to my goal as opposed to a whole bunch of Mm flip-flopping and making too many mistakes. So that was the one thing. The second thing is I wanted to shrink time. You know, I knew I could do it by myself. I can do anything that I put my mind to, Mm -hmm. right? But I wanted to shrink time to get to my goal. And then three, I wanted to learn 
from people who had done it before, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn from someone who had done it before in the particular manner that I wanted to do it and in the place that I wanted to do it, right? Right. So those are those are the th- three things at the top of my mind that said, hey, if I need to spend thousands of dollars on, on learning how to invest and paying someone to formally guide me, I'm happy to do that. So that's that's what was in the forefront of my mind when I was seeking mentorship back then. Love it. And so how did you decide on there's lots of programs, there's a lot of people on social media that have different groups and masterminds and this, that and the third. What was your process in deciding who you wanted to go with? So for me, I am a hands on person. So for me, I knew that I wanted to be in a smaller group setting. Right. I knew that if I could have one-on-one or a small group, that would be perfect for me. So that's one thing I look for now as I, because I'll have mentors for the rest of my life, number one. So I prefer smaller group settings or, you know, small group or one-on-one coaching if I can find that. Mm -hmm. And then too, like I mentioned before, the specific strategy I was looking for, I knew I wanted to do residential. I knew I wanted to do buy and hold. Mm -hmm. So I knew not like people who were leaning into flipping or people who were leaning into wholesaling or people who were leaning into commercial were not for me at that time. Mm-hmm. So I really just honed in on my why and what I wanted to do. And that's when I teach my clients now. Those are the first two steps in successful real estate investing, knowing your why, right? For me, my why, I wanted to replace my income. I wanted to slowly replace my earned income over time. Mm-hmm. And then two, my what. I learned that my what was going to be long-term buy and hold investing as a cash flow investor versus an equity or appreciation investor. So that was how I made um, that decision of how and who I would be getting mentorship from. Got it. Love it. And so what are some of the things that you feel not out of the skill set of actually real estate investing, but you as a person, how did you grow from participating in these programs? Yeah. So one, learning how to like take coaching, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So as someone (laughs) who, (laughs) I'm laughing, I'm giggling to myself because as someone who is in a field like medicine where they push you, push you, push you to lead, 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 Mm -hmm. you have to be coachable, Mm -hmm. right? You can't ask for mentorship and coaching without being coachable, right? So that's one skill that I really lean into. And to this day, I'm like, well, mm, you know, I think I should do, let me see what my coach says, actually, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So being coachable and being willing to take action, even when you don't feel like it. Mm. I think sometimes people feel like, one, they have to have like a clear plan, mm-hmm. a clear pathway, like it's for sure going to look like this over there. Or it's for sure going to look like this three steps from now. Um, and I think people also feel like they have to feel just perfectly fine in their spirit when they take action. Mm-hmm. And I have learned that as long as I can see that next step mm-hmm. and whether I'm feeling bad, good, excited, exhausted, I have to remain consistent. Mm, yep. Yes, absolutely. Consistency beats wisdom. Excuse me, consistency beats teaching any day because you can know all the things in the world, but if you're not going to do it, you're not, you're not going to do it. (laughs) So that is so good. And being coachable. I think a lot of people, a lot of times you were, you hit, you said something, you mentioned like, why are we paying these people if we're not going to listen to them? 
And it is, I have been in, and it's like, I probably, you don't know if you knew everything, you wouldn't need to be here. But the thing is, Tiffany, I want to say this, the thing is, Tiffany, we do know things, right? I tell my potential clients all the time when we first connect and I'll tell them, I say, hey, I will tell them the truth. You can do this without me. Yep. You can. You've already spent years kicking the can down the road by reading books, getting certifications, doing webinars. So you actually know all the things, Mm -hmm. but knowing and doing is two different things. Yes. Yes. Coaching, mentorship comes with accountability Mm -hmm. and mindset support. Mm -hmm. Well, mine does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So talk us now. So we're now in Maryland. What part of Maryland were you in? I'm in Baltimore, Charm City. Oh, okay. Come on, be more. Okay. So we're now (laughs) in Baltimore and we have property one in North Carolina. We're still getting that money. Mortgage Mm -hmm. is getting paid, Mm -hmm. all the things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do we get to Mm -hmm. from two to 10? What was that like? Yeah. So slow and steady wins the race. I told myself I would do at least one per year. Some years I did three, you know, but yeah, just consistency, just slow and steady wins the race. Because again, I was doing this while I was working mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and this is one thing I also teach my clients. One of my tenets of my successful real estate investing framework is creating relationships, knowing how to interact with people, vet with people, put yourself out there, get uncomfortable mm-hmm. and let people know you cannot like grow from hiding in your cave or hiding in your, your man cave or your woman cave at home. Mm-hmm. So I started just opening my mouth and telling people what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And that helped a lot. So over time, as I started growing, I didn't have to hustle as much to go out and find properties and, you know, talk to these sellers and negotiate, you know, these creative financing deals. Some of them I've done creative financing, some I've done traditional. I didn't have to do that as, as much as the years went on because then people would just bring things to me. Right. The last two properties I purchased were some like someone either texted me or was in my email inbox. So the relationship building was like really one of the things that really pushed me along because one, not only is it good for deal sourcing, but two, it's good for accountability. Mm-hmm. And when you're seeing other people moving, that keeps you in momentum. Right. Right. Absolutely. Introverts, we love you as a fellow introvert, even though people sometimes <laughs> don't believe me. You got to let people know what you're me doing. Too. <laughs> I'm an extroverted introvert, you guys. I swear I am. (laughs) You got to let people know what you're doing so that way they can help you. So thinking about relationships, as you look back now over the, you know, a little over a decade now that you've been real, that you've been investing in real estate, what were some of the key people that you built on your team that helped you to be successful? So, yeah. So definitely one, you always have to have mentorship for me. I will always have mentorship, whether it's formal, whether it's informal. So that's the number one thing for me. You have to have someone looking at those finances. So bookkeeping and tax, you know, taxes, accounting. Um, So that's integral. A handyman, someone to go to who can kind of just fix it all. I think you can just kind of start there as a bare minimum. Mm -hmm. Like, I think those are just the bare minimums. I did start out with property managers as I went through time and learned how to do it myself. Now I self-manage, but that would be the fourth one. Um, So, and then of course now like I run a business, so I have assistant, you know, everything like that. But I would say for people who are starting, the three is, you know, a formal or informal mentor, someone who can keep you accountable and show you how it's done. 
to someone who can watch those books, not you yourself. Please stop doing your own taxes once you start doing your own. We love TurboTax, but it's time to let it go. (laughs) And three, a go-to handyman, someone who can go and, you know, fix small things for you or even, you know, go and FaceTime you and walk through a property or whatever, you know, someone who can kind of be the go-to person. So those three, I think, are the the basics that you need as a team. Love that. Love that. Okay. So we're we're in the groups, we're studying, we're committing, we're working on our mindset to get ready. How do we, you mentioned now you're, you're at the point where people know you. And so they're sending you deals, but in that early stage, how are we finding deals or properties that we could even potentially consider for either seller financing or sub two? Uh, relationships. So literally finding, like looking online, okay, Baltimore investors, Maryland investors, black invest like I'm trying to find every meetup group yeah. that I can find. That that was the biggest thing for me. And that's why I brought up like the, you know, like kind of double tapped with you on the introvert thing because it wasn't easy because I literally would be exhausted. That's how I knew I was an introvert. Mm-hmm. I used to think I was an extrovert. <laughs> After, you know, interacting and meeting up, <laughs> I would come home and I would be exhausted. But now there were people who knew what I was looking for. They knew what my buy box was. They knew my criteria and they were looking out for me. Yeah. So for me, that was how I started out. And then I, now I go to networking events just because I'm an entrepreneur mm-hmm. now. I'm not just an investor, but now from a real estate investing standpoint, like I said, you know, people just send me things like I just share with my clients if I don't need them, you know, yeah. if I don't need those deals. But whenever I was just trying to build up to just people knowing, you know, hey, she's the person that wants this type of property, I literally had to go out, leave my comfortable space Mm -hmm. and try to go to many meetups as possible. And then, you know, a lot of that was virtual once we got into the pandemic as well. Right. So, yeah. So that that's the way that's the way that I grew. I also would listen to a lot of people's stories. Mm -hmm. Right. I learned by listening. So I've listened probably to thousands of hours of podcasts, audiobooks, webinars, YouTube videos. Some of that was early on when I was just using that to kick the can down the road and not take action. But as I started taking action, I still would do those same things. And when I would hear other people's stories, it just let me know what was available to me. Because if you're not listening to this episode, you may not even know subject two is a thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But because I broadened my horizons, and created what I call like mentors in my mind or created my own real estate group in my mind. Like a lot of these people don't know me, but they're definitely my, my business buddies and mentors in my mind. I still don't know these people to this day because in my own circle, you know, you have your circle, your family, your friends, but they not, may not be focused on the same thing you're focused on. So for me, it was finding my own circles, whether it's in person or virtually. Yes. 100%. That is so good. That's how I found deals. That is amazing. I have, there are several mentors of mine I have never met. And then there's, there's actually (laughs) a couple where I met them afterwards. And so a couple of them have now actually really in real life become my mentors, but we are in an age where information is so readily accessible. You can get access to people without getting access to people. And it is Mm -hmm. amazing what we can learn and take away from hearing other people's stories. Another mentor of mine, he says, conversation changes compensation. And so getting to listen Mm. in to these conversations, that's the reason why we're here. So y'all hit that like and subscribe button. This is why we're here. So you can hear these conversations and know what is available to you. 
Yeah, that, that's how I grew. That's how I sourced deals by being authentic and building those relationships. I bought most of my deals off markets because I was able to connect with other investors who maybe were unloading properties or maybe they wanted to pivot, connecting with wholesalers. I love using wholesalers. People over the years have tried to give wholesalers a bad rap. I bought several properties off market through wholesalers because I made a point to go out and interact with and meet people. I would, you know, there was a point in time where I was like, okay, I'm going to do driving for dollars or even walking for dollars and things like that. But I realized with my time, the lack of time that I had in my schedule, I did not mind paying a middleman Mm -hmm. to help me again, shrink time, even not even just from a mentorship, but just even buying a deal. Hey, I don't have time to go and, you know, walk for dollars again or walk around these neighborhoods that I'm interested in or drive around. Let me let you know that this is my buy box. This is what I'm looking for and send me what you have. So I tell, again, this is another thing that I tell my clients, you have to know how to source deals off market. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore is lit. People are asleep, but I actually, I've connected with Charm City Buyers. I'm a part of their group. And yes. so I yes. had no idea. And gentrification is real. And so yeah. Baltimore is changing. And so there is definitely a lot of opportunity there. And so it's so cool to just see what other people are doing and learn about different areas yeah. and how you can apply that to either where you are or if you want to invest out of state. Yeah. Shout out to them. I learned so much from them. Those like were my early on mentors for sure. So they are definitely lit. And you're right. Baltimore City is lit. It's it's a black city. Right. I love black cities. Mm-hmm. Two is a waterfront city. Mm-hmm. Three, it's a waterfront city that still has affordable property. Yes. Like I don't know of any other waterfront city in this country or on this East Coast that has affordable properties within five miles from a waterfront. Yep. Yep. Baltimore is definitely a gem. It is definitely a gem. So you have now ventured out and taken it a step further. You've gotten your properties, you're getting these deals, you're in these mentorships, but now each one teach one, you've created your own space for individuals who want to get started in that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Again, accidental, just doing the (laughs) most (laughs) talking, talking, leaning into letting people know what I'm doing because I'm so excited. I'm just like, did y'all know I was able to get this deal without having to, you know, I just, just sharing what I was doing. And then over time, I realized that people just kept reaching out. Let me pick your brain. Let me talk to you. And I would be trying to do that in between seeing patients in between teaching in between, you know, uh, you know, working with my medical students and my residents. Um, and by that time, managing my own properties, dealing with my tenants, you know, marketing for my midterm rentals, and, you know, so it was just a lot of responsibility. And after a while, I was like, oh my goodness, I am going to have to start charging people. So that's how I got into real estate consulting. So that was something that started back in 2020. Also around that same time, I started a community called Sister Docs and REI. So it's other Black female physicians, pharmacists, Dietrich, dentists, there's, you know, a group of black female doctors. And it started out just with me and a handful of other people because I was like, man, we have all these groups online where black doctors can converge, but do we have anything where black women doctors can converge and talk about real estate? Because usually we're in this mixed type of spaces where we're maybe a little bit shy to say that, oh, I have two properties, like that's nothing, <laughs> you know, like, or, oh, I want to learn commercial or, oh, I want to learn. Like they just, we're just kind of afraid to talk about it mm-hmm. in, in, in places where we're not in our element 
or maybe we have a hundred units. You know, I, I have people, you know, that, that's not my ministry <laughs> as a self-manager, but I know, you know, plenty of sisters who have, you know, hundreds of properties and maybe they don't want their, you know, employer to know that they're their biggest investor. Maybe they don't want their employer to know that they have this exit strategy there. So they just want a private community. Mm -hmm. And so I started that community and now we're over 700 um, ladies in that group. Um, You know, just creating community. Like I didn't see it around me. So I said, I guess I'll create it. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So because of that and because of my consulting, then people will be like, well, what is your course? Or um, I need you for more than just an hour. Mm-hmm. I need you for about 20 more hours. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys, <laughs> yep. I'm only one person. Mm-hmm. I cannot do that. But uh, this year, at the beginning of this year, I retired early from clinical medicine. I was like, okay, well, now I can pour into people and give the people what they want. And so that's when I started you know, marketing my mentorship program. That is absolutely amazing. One, congratulations. Thank that you is so no much. easy feat. And so there are so many things that you already have your hands in, but then to be willing to share your knowledge and expertise. And y'all, don't don't lose that because you pay people for their time. You pay people for their knowledge. We've talked a lot about mentorship and the advantages that it has. And so sometimes there's this, well, why don't people give it for free? One thing, you pay attention. And so if you don't pay for it, you don't value it. And also though, right. you want information that you know is going to move you. We'll pay to go to the club. We'll pay to go on vacation, but we won't pay for our education. And this is the beauty of having people that have that experience. They've been in your shoes. They know how you're feeling. They know that mindset. And yet they can walk you through their process. So you can do that in shorter time with less obstacles. So that is wonderful. But then a community of wonderful, wonderful black and brown sisters. I just love it because people like to think that we're not here. We're not doing this. And so if you are somewhere listening and you do not have, I know what it's like. You talked about it, doctor, your friends, your family, this wasn't what they were on. It's okay. We love them still. And it's not better than worse than it's just different from find your people. Find your people who are on, who are doing the things that you are doing that are trying to figure this out. The community is there. And if it's not, you can just start it because there's probably someone else that is looking for something just like this, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. You said you said so many great things. Yeah, I like I said, I started on accident with consulting. But as the years went by, I realized is that it was actually important for me to do that and to start charging people because then they really would start taking action. Mm-hmm. Me having people invest in their knowledge mm-hmm. to learn real estate investing is actually in service to them because yep. when you don't charge people, then you're not holding them accountable and you're not like, I, I, listen, Tiffany, it's crazy how many programs and courses and stuff out and bought over years and not even open. Girl, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. And you have the best intentions. Somebody, <laughs> listen, somebody should throat punch me. Right. Literally. literally. Oh. The amount of things. Yeah. that I have bought over the years without opening them because it wasn't enough for me to value to feel bad. The, the reason why I stay in the gym working out with my personal trainer because she charges me a real price. Mm-hmm. The same thing with my coaches, right? And I have a couple coaches, mm-hmm. right? So it's in, it's in service to that person, right? Um, and I want to model business behavior, right? You want to model like what they should be doing. They should be getting charged their worth, you know, mm-hmm. in whatever field that they are in. So- I definitely have to double click on on that, you know, everything you said about, 
you know, investing in yourself. And then for me, with my specific niche, I'm just so blessed to be able to teach these things that are a little bit out the box Mm -hmm. that a lot of people just aren't talking about. Like I had one client who was able to um, get under contract. uh, I believe it was, I think it was like $150,000 property. I'm just trying to remember the details. Um, I believe it was like uh, 6% down, 0% interest. Um, The loan term was less than five years. I can't remember the exact amount. But literally, the fact that you were able to put this small percentage down compared to if you didn't have someone like me and you're putting 20 or 25% mm-hmm. down, that right there was already a savings of $20,000. Right. To learn that as well, to learn that skill, that skill that is, you know, can be replicated from years on for the rest of your life to, to learn a skill that can be replicated, plus to immediately save 20, 20 grand on a down payment. Plus, to be able to have somebody, you know, walk you through that one-on-one and the d- attention is not divided between you and 700 other people, mm-hmm. right? What is the value of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And because and I want to make sure people don't skip over that. So we 6% down. Typically, most investment loans, you're looking at 20 to 25% down, especially if it's not owner-occupied. No interest rate. She said 0% interest, y'all. Who else is doing this? Who else is, who even know that that was even possible? But it's the value of getting in the room, of talking to people, of letting people know what you want to do. So that way you can make some of these things happen. Yeah, yeah. And those are things I'm able to do for my, and and have done for myself as well. So I'm just blessed to be able to do this work. Dr. D, you are amazing. Thank you so much you for so much all of your experience and your wisdom here. This has been, an, I, I'm already going to go back and take some notes. I hope people got a lot out of this. So one thing that I love to do here is, is we do a little manifestation. A year, three years from now, what can we expect? What is going to be true for you and your business? Yeah, so I can see, I I have the vision, I visualize it all the time. I am going to be in the forefront. I'm going to be a thought leader in real estate investing education for black and brown people, um, particularly doing it creatively and not breaking the bank. So for me, in, in that time, in three to five years, I will have had educational programs and content that is out there to help not just professionals like me or business owners like me, but I want that to be curricula that is going to be for high school students and junior college students. So that is what's going to be, that's what's going to happen in the next three to five years, less than that, really. Oh, that is absolutely amazing. If I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, life would be so different. Life would be so different. And so that is a huge, huge value add to our next generation of students. Thank you so much for that. Where can the people find you if they want to get in your program or take part in your consulting? Yeah. So I, I still need help. I'm in that generation where I don't know all of the socials. So I spend most of my time, I spend, spend most of my time on um, Instagram at Capital Dynasty, C-A-P-I-T-A-L-D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y. So at Capital Dynasty, I am there on TikTok as well. On LinkedIn, I am Daia Cooper. And for those ladies who are, you know, physicians, dentists, pharmacists, you know, all the doctors in that health care 
fear that want to be in my community. I'm on Facebook at Dea Cooper and my community is Sister Docs and REI. If you DM me, either me or my VA will, you know, get you connected. Same thing on Instagram. We reach out to everybody who follows me because I want to make, again, I'm, I believe in relationships. So you will, there's no way that you will join one of those communities and not be able to interact with me. Love it. And you also have a offering for people if they want to learn yeah. more. Tell us about that as well. Yes. Yeah. So my main offer right now that, you know, this is my biggest passion area is my mentorship program. I spend six months weekly with, you know, people who are, they can be beginners, they can be already, you know, investing, but they just don't know creative financing. And I am with them, you know, small groups and sometimes one-on-one um, in that program, they have access to me. They have access to my documents. They have access to the accountability of the group. And that program, you will get 10% off with the discount code through A to Asset. Love it. Thank you so much. So all of that information will be in the description. Get the mentorship, join the community. If they're invest. We can't tell you enough. You just got to do it. You just got to start. You just got to get started and it's going to get better. And so thank you so much for all of the jewels that you have given us today. I'm so grateful to have you here. It was wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Tiffany. Thank you for this platform and thank you for doing this. It's so needed. And I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, y'all, this was another episode of the Aid to Assets podcast where we are helping nine to fivers navigate their way through real estate investing because we're going to buy our way to wealth. Until next time, take care. Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of Aid to Assets. Remember, your journey from nine to fiver to successful real estate investor is within reach. Keep learning, keep growing, and keep investing in your future. If you'd like to know more, connect with me on Instagram at Aid to Assets. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Until next time, happy investing.